Good morning, everyone. Um, I had a little panic moment there for a second because I, I tried to hit camera and Facebook was not cooperating and allowing me to go live. Uh, hopefully this will not uh, be the, the case like it was last week where it just cut off in the middle <laughs> of talking. Um, still don't know what happened there on Facebook's end. Uh, but um, thanks for being here. For those of you that are in the area, Charlotte and even North Carolina, um, I realize it's a, it's a very dreary day outside and lots of rain. Um, so I hope everyone is doing well and being safe. Um, we are going to, this is number 25 of our Behind the Door series, um, and we're going to try to talk about uh, screen time and how screen time is not a problem. That is the title of the uh, of the post today. Um, last time I talked about um, screen time as it relates to, you know, celebrity status and, and some of the things that come along with uh, those those byproducts of having a, a child actor and maybe how that was somewhat relatable to um, some of our kids and teens being on social media now. Uh, Facebook actually flagged the, the video and would not allow us to boost it, um, I'm guessing because it hurt their brand. Uh, so today we're doing a little experiment, hopefully no one's listening from Facebook, to see if the title today um, is more uh, appealing to them and to see if they'll allow us to boost it. Um, so we're doing a little bit of a social experiment along with talking about this topic. Um, so as always, uh, let us know what questions you have. Let me click on that part right now um, and be happy to answer them. And we always appreciate you being here. Realize that most of y'all will probably be watching this um, after it's taped. Um, so if there's things that come up, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can get a hold of me uh, through the website, lmbcounseling.net. It goes straight to my email. Um, so I'll get back to you. But today, I just wanted to talk to you about screen time. Um, it's obviously uh, been a hot button topic, especially with all this online learning. Um, some of the pandemic parenting talks that we've been giving, uh, it comes up uh, just wondering what's going on. Is it okay for, for our kids, especially for our Mecklenburg County kids? Uh, I have a middle schooler and a high schooler who aren't gonna go back to hopefully till, till January. Um, we hope that's when they can start back. But, um, you know, sit in front of these screens, um, people are wondering, is it okay? Is it okay for their brain? So want to, as much as I can, clear some of that up. Obviously try to come from a very scientific perspective because there's a lot of opinions um, about that. And those opinions sometimes are shaped by emotion. Um, and, and to be purely uh, transparent, that science does change. So um, what we know now um, could be different in six months to a year. Uh, but just giving you what we know now, at least from what I've learned and researched um, and is out there in the literature, uh, there's not a ton because we're still learning this problem, still learning how to track this problem. And there's a lot of variables that go into it um, from a social media perspective or an app perspective, um, kind of where our eyeballs go. They're a lot more diversified now. Um, on any given month, there's anywhere from 31 to 40,000 different apps that come to market. Um, so uh, trying to imagine to track all that and see how that's influencing uh, attention and things like that becomes pretty uh, convoluted and hard from a scientific method perspective. Um, so just want to give you kind of the overlay of, of what we know, what we're seeing, um, and maybe uh, help give you a little information. Um, we are going to do more of a detailed talk on screen time. Um, so if that's something you're interested in, we're going to do one on the 20th, so next uh, next. Friday at noon, and then we're also going to do one in December. Um, there should be some information out there on the website and through some of our mail-in 
uh, services. So if that's something you're interested in, it's free. Um, just feel free to sign up and it'll be kind of a, a discussion and a talk and have an opportunity to ask more questions. We, we cover a lot more um, about the social media piece and the video game piece and then um, what it's doing and then some interventions around it. So for today, um, just to kind of debunk the screen time um, problem is it's screen time in and of itself is not a problem. Um, like most things, there's a lot of nuances in within what screen time is, but um, at least what we what I have read and heard and paid attention to from the scientific world is that um, it's more about what you're doing on your screen time. So for the, the talk today, we're just going to talk about social media. Um, there's also some, some pretty strong literature that um, fragility is part of the reason that we're seeing this slope that is continuing to climb, and that slope is anxiety and depression. So the the rates of that are climbing at a rate higher than the population is growing. Um, so we're seeing more and more of that. And I know our perspective is counseling, so that, that it feels like that is the world. And that's obviously not the case. But there is a lot of that going on. I would say almost all of our cases are dealing with some level of anxiety or depression or um, with our some, some of our younger guys, just the, uh, the fight over video games and wanting to play video games and doing those kind of things. But so the curve is climbing. It's gone up 100 to 150% in Anglo countries. Um, and what that is, that 100 to 150% is um, it's hospitalizations and suicide attempts. So it's, it's real data that you can compare against other generations and other times in history um, rather than, hey, more people are comfortable uh, talking about depression or anxiety, becoming better educated about what anxiety and depression is. Um, and so there can be some variance and influence into seeing some of those numbers rise. So that 100 and 150%, that curve, is strictly hospitalizations um, and suicide or self-cutting, self-harm attempts. Um, and so those numbers are the ones that are skyrocketing in these countries. Um, and so part of that's the, the social media that they've been able to, to, to look and, and uncover, and some of that's the fragility. Um, and so fragility is just... Um, Think of it purely from you don't ever go outside, so you don't ever get exposed to anything. And so when you do, you're more susceptible to maybe getting a cold, um, germs, things like that. And, and that's true with you know social interactions, um, just challenging things, doing things that, like we talked about in the past when you know we need to do hard things because it gives us dopamine and adrenaline. Um, so we're not going to talk so much about that today. We'll talk about that in the future. So just from a social media perspective, um, just understand that... Uh, what has happened over, I don't know, the last uh, 10 years or so, um, social media went from a place of connection and community to now more of division. And, and the reason for that are, are a couple reasons. Um, one is um, in 2009, I think that's right. Yeah, 2009, between 2009 and 2012, the, the two big platforms, one that which we're, which we're on now, um, introduced the like button. And so that like button is pretty much produces oxytocin. So if someone says, I like your comment, I like your picture, blah, 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 you get oxytocin. And as we've talked about before, it's an incredibly strong neurochemical. We love it. We want it. We want more of it. Um, it makes you feel like, you know, you're doing the right thing, which also can give you dopamine. Um, and so all those things, come, that combo, that chemical combo, creates a really nice response. And so you want to do more of that. You want to get more of that. Um, so that like button 
uh, created that. And then with Twitter, um, doing the retweet button, which is, um, you know, someone liking your article or liking your, liking your picture. And so they're passing it along. So it shows up in their feed, similar with the like button, it's showing up in um, someone else's feed or a share. Um, those, those two things um, changed the way that we started operating within these platforms. So um, it kind of came back to like trying to gobble up things so you can continue to get that feeling. Um, or, um, and, and then it's only gotten more um, complicated or even and more um, eccentric as far as what we can do with those kind of things now. But with the like and the retreat, uh, retweet, excuse me, um, it gave rise to their algorithms. And the algorithms are, their design is from a financial model is to, to capture your time and capture as much time as possible because it is best for business on the back end for them to have your time. And so they're going to produce information to you through your feeds that makes you more likely to click on it. And so instead of going to more of a community aspect, um, now it goes more to the vision aspect because we're preconditioned to look at the car accident. Um, it is interesting to us. So you, even if you say, I'm not gonna look, I'm not gonna look, you more than likely will look or someone in the car will look. So it's hard to resist. And so now we're in this kind of spiral of now we're looking at a lot of different car wrecks and continue to click on, you know, a different car wreck or, or a much more graphic car car wreck. And that's what's hap that's what's showing up in our feeds in a lot of these cases. And so you can even see it in the adult population where we didn't grow up on this stuff, fully formed brain, and it's still having influence, um, you know, with the, the election stuff right now, it's still having great influences over division when you know, 65% of us, more than 65% of us, really have a lot of things in common. Um, but if you looked at social media, you wouldn't think that was the case at all. So now you back that down to the people that are most susceptible, which are our teens and tweens, and we're giving these devices and putting them in their hands, and over a third of the people on the internet are um, kids. And so you know, when we originally designed this stuff, this community stuff or the internet itself, the internet was supposed to be open information. You could learn, you could connect. You know, I don't know that the people that designed the internet had kids in mind. Um, and, and so that's why the average age of porn exposure continues to go down and now it's eight years old. Um, so it's just a, a small little nugget of saying, hey, you know, a symptom of a bigger problem, like there's a lot of stuff happening here. Um, and is this what is best for our kids? you know, is, is certain things on the internet, I think we all could agree, are, are not best for the kids. It may not be best for anybody. Um, but, you know, when it comes to the social media piece, is it, you know, it's very innocuous, like it's good to connect, especially in times of COVID. So it feels very benign, but what it happens is it, instead of being that sense of community, it's, it's creating more division and it's creating more anxiety and depression, especially in our uh, teenage girls and even younger girls. Um, that's why they're uh, attempts to hurt themselves have skyrocketed over 200% um, with those those tween kids, those kids 10 to 14, because that's, if you kind of think about it, that's when they're starting to get exposed to some of this stuff. Um, a lot of kids, you know, are, are getting on social platforms, even though like TikTok, for instance, you have to be 13 or older, and some of the other platforms you're supposed to be older, but, you know, most people lie about their age or, or parents are okay with it. Um, because they understand the platform, but going back to there's just so many different things out there that can grab your attention and that algorithms in charge of what it's sending to your kids platform, not you. 
Um, and so just giving you a little bit of information uh, to let you know, it's kind of public service announcement that you know these things are occurring. We're seeing them in the hospitals. We're seeing them in the counseling uh, with our with our clients. Um, and we are, you know, on the devices more than ever. Uh, you want to consider, you know, heavy users four to five hours or more. Um, and so going back to that screen time, it's not screen time. It's what you're doing on the screen. Um, and so uh, the social media piece is um, having some pretty, pretty profound impacts on some of that developing brain and even fully developed brain, like I said, for some of our adults. Um, We'll talk more about uh, some of the other things and go into more depth uh, about some of the things that I've talked about over, over the course of the next couple of uh, Behind the Doors. And also we'll, we'll cover it in a much greater detail in those talks that we're doing. One's on the 20th of uh, November. And I think the other one, if it comes to mind, is maybe the 12th of December. So um, I appreciate y'all being here. I always try to keep it uh, short and keep it quick um, so y'all can just have little nuggets. And uh, if you have questions, need follow-up, let me know. Just reach out to me, and we will see you next week on Thursday. Thanks. Have a great day.